Guys, 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 let's just jump right in. Welcome to the season finale of the Safe House Travel Diary, a global exploration of hip hop in misunderstood places. This season, you traveled with me, Soha, a mama and Lebanese immigrant, to my motherland, meeting hip hop artists in their personal safe houses where they live and create. This is part two of the finale of season one, Three Nights in Beirut. Lipos asked, how much time do we have left? Maximum like there's just so many you know what I mean? It's a whole direction. For you. On the inside. Me. Expectations. I was thinking to myself, like, I need to spend like a week meditating. Like really, really yeah, really digging deep and really listening, really listening to like everything that I took in and really trying to, to allow it to take shape in like a really organic Lipos was trying to accomplish something before the night was over. He was steering me out of my comfort zone, provoking an honest exploration of my vision, intention, goals. He was being a producer in that Rick Rubin sort of way, forcing me to articulate things I hadn't thought about yet. That night, the answer was, I don't know, I need to think. And that's what I did when I got home to LA. I thought a lot about the questions I struggled to answer that night, unlocking ideas and memories. I listened to the recordings of my conversations with everyone I met, each one representing their own experiences and backgrounds, occupying their own corner of the hip hop scene within Lebanon. I thought about everything we talked about and started connecting dots about hope. It's not that I lost hope, it's just okay. I put it into a lost cause. Well, uh, so, where do you put it? Like, a hope that I have a tiny bit of control over is in myself and how I respond to difficulty. I'm putting my hope in myself. The Mamluk spirit. There's not a single artist that I said I want to be like yeah. them. Yeah. So, there was no example of success. So, you really just had to do it because you love to do it. Looking at where opportunities take me. I wanted to make someone out of no one. And now there's me and there's gonna be more. And then the album I'm doing was to inspire people who are like me, who don't fit in. That's what we're doing. I want to create my path and everyone's creating their own paths. And I thought about pain and creativity. And, and this is why I think it really took off in places like Burj Barajna and the refugee camps. And even Zaleh was rapping at some point. You know, I was alone and stuff, and I was like angry. And I'm like, hell, I'm just gonna write. Yes, I'm familiar to violence, a lot of violence. When it comes to pop music, they have the real message. Yeah. Oh my god, yes, you understand. This is, in Arabic, they would say, Sunnatul Hayat. Like, this is what it's about. But there's this idea in the Quran that says, uh, you think like you're gonna go through life without feeling pain when people before you went through and were hungry and felt pain and like, hello. But like, they do create the beautiful stuff. So we can't really like take away the positives from here. 
it's it's all good. That's life. Everyone gonna, it's gonna go through it. And I walked away thinking about all those things and the profound responsibility I felt to do right by the artists who invited me to their safe houses, where they live and create without even knowing me, and trusted me with their stories and music. Allow it to take shape in like a really organic way. I had a very loose but different vision coming into yeah. it. But all I know is I want to keep having these conversations. Definitely. Yeah, dude. Definitely. Like and like, let's let's keep in touch. Let's see how life takes us. Saul so was falling asleep in his chair. It was really time to leave the playground now. Fascinating. Record it. A little while later, back at the hotel, while Medina, or Dooney, as we call her at home, slept, I sent my final bathroom update of the trip. Salam, Amina, Karima, Baba. It's Mama here with my daily update. Today's my last day. Well, today was my last day. And wow, what a day I have had. Oh my goodness. Well, it's like 3 a.m. Juni's sleeping in bed, so she couldn't be part of this update. Uh, I have a lot. I did so much today. Um, first of all, like, and then drove back, and now here I am. I'm so glad that, like, I'm packed. All of my clothes are packed, so I don't have to worry about doing that tonight. I have to wake up really early, <laughs> but I will um, keep you guys updated. And I really miss you guys. I hope that we can talk on FaceTime soon because I want to like actually talk to you guys and see your faces. Okay? I love you so much. فوتبول بالكوريدور وجودي بزيد ومستفز للعين اللي بمور دور انت كبير بعين صغير مثل الفيل على الكوردور اضرب له السبن بور خول يعني طور بور يتحشي الودايع بدنا بدنا الاوف شور اضرب له السبن بور خول يعني طور بور يتحشي الودايع بدنا بدنا الاوف شور اضرب له السبن بور خول يعني طور بور ودايع بدنا بدنا الاوف شور الراب بنبور خود زفت البوس فوق فوق التراب فوق الدريل طبعا فوق الفور فور The next morning, Saleh actually ended up missing his alarm clock. I was relieved that he got a chance to sleep in after the past few long days and nights. Despite the fact that we didn't get a proper goodbye or maybe because of it, I didn't sleep on the chance to roast Saleh one last time. Hey Saleh, good morning. You piece of shit, you're still asleep. <laughs> um, I'm in a taxi cab right now, headed to the airport. Yo, I love you so much, dude. Words can't describe this experience to me. And I want to say goodbye to you properly. Um, and that's okay. <laughs> you must be busy with the Sangare, I said. بونجور حبيبي كيفك شو اخبارك؟ صالح كثير عصب بس فاقوا لحاله انه ما فاق يعني بس فقنا من النوم ويا الله وحبيب ودعوه والله العظيم رورو was apologizing for sleeping in and not being able to say goodbye to Medina. She calls her Mimi. سمعي هيدا الفويس لميمي. And she asked me to play this for Medina. Mimi good morning Mimi. وصليها كثير كثير وانا كثير حبيتك عن جد وصالح كثير حبك وانت حدا كثير لطيف. وانا كمان ميرسي على كل شيء هلا سمعت تليفوني ودغري برمت وجهي 
يا رح تشتاق لك يسلموا على كل شيء وان شاء الله بشوفك قريبا Roro and I thanked each other. I told her how Medina turned her head when she heard the voice memo. And I told her that I also hoped that we would see each other again soon. At the time, I didn't know that I would actually come back to Beirut in just a few months, in December, in that week between Christmas and New Year's, to meet an interior designer who was making international headlines as Medina and I drove to the airport. What I did know for sure was that the next time I came to Lebanon, Salah and Roro would be one of my first calls and their roof would be one of my first stops. I also knew that this would be the last time that I would bring Medina with me like this. As Medina finally settled down, drinking from her bottle, sitting in her car seat, I looked out the window and took a long breath. Julia Butros was playing on the radio. It was her famous 1985 anthem, Rabit The Sun of Truth Has Set. It's a song that has come to represent the collective desire of the people from the South and throughout Lebanon for peace, sovereignty, and an end to Israel's military occupation that started in the South in 1982, ultimately lasting until the year 2000. I don't remember the first time I heard this song, but it's one of those great anti-war anthems from the Civil War period that's just ingrained in my memory. I imagine it's the same for other kids who were born during the Civil War. In it, she sings, The sun of truth has set, and the dawn has become dusk. The eastern horizon has split, the paths are closed, but we refuse to die. Tell them we're going to stay. the land, the homes, and the people. Then in that classic Southern Lebanese accent, she says, They're ours, my dear South. The taxi driver must have sensed that I was sad as I looked out the window. Do you visit often, he asked, and I told him a little bit about my summers in the south. Lebanon's changed a lot, he said. Yes, I said, it's different now. And then he asked if he could share a story. It was a parable that took place when the Pharaoh drowned in the Red Sea. After Nebi Musa, the prophet Moses miraculously led his people to freedom. That day, some distance away from where the Pharaoh and his army drowned, there was a woman washing clothes on the shore. She was one of those mothers whose newborn sons were murdered by the Pharaoh when he ordered the execution of all the newborn boys from the children of Israel one of those mothers whose only recourse was prayer, patience, and hope to see an end to the reign of the Pharaoh in her lifetime. And as she stood at the edge of the sea, white foam at her ankles, she noticed something small and shiny in the water, a gold ring. And with the next wave, more gold jewelry, the kind of gold so decadent that it could only belong to the Pharaoh and she knew that her long wait for justice was over. 
that her prayers were answered and that the Pharaoh had drowned. May they all drown, I said. And that's the final thought I left Beirut with, how sometimes the most audacious act of resistance is to persevere in patience, prayer, and hope. This idea seemed a fitting way to end this story too, a story that started on a tourist cruise on the Bosporus Sea that led to a journey all the way home to look in the mirror that hip hop holds to try to understand what life is like in Lebanon in 2022 and my role in all of it, if I have one. This journey took me to the cliffs overlooking the Mediterranean Sea where Salah and I talked and I grieved the Lebanon of bygone times. And now it seems to be ending on the Red Sea with a woman, a mother, whose long wait for justice is finally over. The woman embodied the spirit of Julia's song. She refused to die to give up hope. Her existence was her resistance. Meanwhile, across town at a Blom Bank location not too far away, the interior designer was demonstrating her ideas about justice and resistance. On September 13, 2022, Sally Hafiz, an interior designer by day, kicked open the door of her local bank, armed with a plastic gun and a water bottle filled with cleaning solution. <laughs> She stood on a desk as her associates from the organization Depositors Outcry sealed the doors. This money belongs to my sister who's dying, and this is how you get things done in this country. We worked hard for this money. We are the ones who saved it. Pay up and I'll leave. Don't pay and I'll light myself up, me and you. Je 
مبين عليك حابب بس لسوف وانا رابطلك عالباب واف جاك جاك مصر نكون ولا نكون ناوي تطير القص اكثر بنطلون اكثر بنطلون When I saw this video the next day after landing in LA, I knew I missed the point. That Lebanon in 2022 isn't characterized by patient resistance. It's defined by something else, something greater than hope perhaps, I don't know. Something I needed to talk to her about myself to understand. On December 28, 2022, I stared out the backseat window on the drive to Sally's home. I saw people in long lines at ATMs and bank entrances protected by armed guards. Since the local currency collapsed in 2019, banks have imposed strict limits on withdrawals of U.S. dollars. Depositors in Lebanon are limited to withdrawing $400 U.S. dollars a month from their bank accounts. $400 isn't even enough to cover one of Sally's sister's cancer medications. And while Lebanon's ruling elite found ways to illegally traffic their money into offshore accounts, They essentially emptied Lebanese banks of U.S. dollars. And just before COVID-19 put Lebanon on lockdown, everyday people found themselves unable to access their own money. Her story showed me that I was still very naive about life in the new Lebanon. The Lebanon they're calling a failed state. And while Sally's instance wasn't the first in hostage-taking situations in 2022 in Lebanon where people held up banks in order to access their own money, her story about holding up a bank to save her sister went viral around the world, with headlines referring to her as a Lebanese Wonder Woman. Inspired and emboldened by the public support of Sally, several others held up their local banks to retrieve their own savings in the days after. It was before noon on December 28, 2022. I was wearing the same clothes I slept in last night. They were the same clothes I flew in. I arrived the night before, but my suitcase was lost and there was no time to shop. I could tell by the way that she sat with her arms crossed as we walked in that she wasn't happy. We worked quickly to set up and get started. Before I introduced myself, I whispered a prayer. It was Nebi Musa's prayer after accepting his mission from God. I jumped in, nervous, fumbling, unable to remember how to speak Arabic. It was my first day back since being here in September. I introduced myself, told her why I was in Lebanon, and shared a story. It was from the taxi driver that drove Medina and I to the airport. So,
She didn't even let me finish that bogus story. She explained how the idea of patiently waiting for change failed her parents' generation and how her sister's cancer created an urgent need for her to act. I kicked open the door with my foot and I went in. I opened the drawer, counted the money and took it and told them come get me. She wanted to make it clear that she didn't rob the bank. She explained how her money was trapped in the bank due to the economic crisis that what she did wasn't theft. And the trafficking of money outside of Lebanon by organized criminals. How banks enacted measures preventing people from taking the money that's rightfully theirs. I asked her what she was thinking in the moments before kicking open the door. May what befalls me befall my enemies. Basically, bring it on. What's the worst that could happen? I die? We're dying here every day. Right here in Lebanon, you're on a path to martyrdom. If you don't die from a stray gunshot from the weapons on the street, you'll die from an ammonium explosion. Or you'll die from cancer because there's no government to treat you. Or you'll die from polluted air. Or you'll die in a car accident because our roads are bad, even though we pay annually for road maintenance. What else do you want? Or you can die from contaminated food, tainted food that has no health ministry to oversee it. These are the paths to death in Lebanon. And that made me think of Julia's anthem from my childhood. You're saying the opposite of what Julia said. She said, We refuse to die. You're like, What's death? Listen, I'm saying what matters is how you live. What I'm saying is an ideology of life, not an ideology of death. I'm fighting those who are killing people. 
من دون ما حتى تحارب للحياة. Fighting the people who've surrendered to death without fighting for life. بدك شوي تفهمي أنا شو يعني تقرا شوي بين السطور أنا شو عم بقول. انتبهي كل الناس بدها تموت. مين عاش أكثر من 200 سنة؟ بتعرفي حدا عاش أكثر من كلنا بدنا نموت. إنه إذا خفنا منه رح نموت كل يوم. If we fear it, we're going to die every day. بس في فرق بين لما تموتي موتي مشرفة. But there's a difference between dying with sharaf. بين ما انه انت تستسلمي للواقع اللي انت فيه and dying while surrendering to your circumstances وتموتي وانت ما عامله شيء بحياتك بالعكس لانه كلنا بدنا نموت and dying without having done anything in your life that's how we refuse to die بهي الطريقه نكون بنرفض نحن نموت بنرفض نموت هيدا الموت we refuse to die that death الموت اللي بلا شرف طبعا a death without sharaf and dignity. I got schooled. And from the background, someone said, Did you get the lesson? And I think I did. I think I finally understood what this is all about. How my conversations about hope and the Mamluk spirit we're articulating that ancient Middle Eastern value that Sally's referring to. Sharaf. Mustafa used the word Sharaf when he described his pride in being Palestinian. At the foot of Abu Wasim's grave, Saleh described his former mentor as Ashraf al-Nas the most honorable amongst us. Blue Pfeiffer's song about how difficult circumstances compelled her to commit a theft is named Sharaf. Sally now is saying that while death is certain, to focus on how we live with honor. To call a country a failed state is to count it out, to sentence it to death. But the people of Lebanon refuse to die, taking to the streets, to the banks, to the microphone. When the earthquake happened in Syria and Turkey in March of 2023, so many Lebanese people drove to Syria to help however they could that they sat in traffic for hours on that road leading to the Syrian border checkpoint. They were going to do what they've done so many times before for their own people in Beirut or in one of the rural villages in the south or small towns in the mountains after a car bombing or an air raid by Israel. They went to do what they did after the Beirut port explosion to take care of their neighbors. I'm 
Sally works so that her conscience can rest knowing that future generations can't stand before her, claiming that she didn't do her part. The way she stood before her parents, faulting them for handing over a homeland in decay. At least my kids can't say that to my face because my conscience is clear. I did everything I could. I made a revolution, cut off roads, burned tires, got shot in the shoulder, got beat up on the streets, occupied ministries and ministers and politicians. We went to their homes, to their restaurants, to public places, to banks. I went and took what's rightfully mine. I'm an interior designer, not a lawyer nor a politician. So my conscience is clear because everything that I could do to build a better country, I did and more. Then I asked about what Lipos was trying to help me articulate that last night in Beirut. Something I wanted to ask her about since I first heard her story. What keeps me up at night is my role in all this. Living abroad in the diaspora, what I need to do to clear my own conscience. Your role as a reporter is foundational. Sally said your role is Tinitli, the voice of the Lebanese people. Dinitne means to take something from one place and put it in another. To transport voices from their safe houses in Burj al-Barajne or Sabro Shatila, Marim Khayel or Al-Manara, from any of the corners of the world that are misunderstood, forgotten or ignored, starting with home, eventually all over the Middle East, North Africa and the world. And I thought to myself, I can do that. I can do that.